Hello and welcome to Nikon Report, your weekly roundup of all the latest Nikon news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. It's Constantine here. And this is Becky. All right. Well, this is the last podcast for this year. We're going to cover the end and review and predictions on the Christmas break, so you can stay tuned for that. But for now, let's go to the said one. Nikon issued a service notice for some Nikon Z9. Apparently, a small batch of Nikon Z9 has an issue with the release button that is not working properly. And uh, what did they write in the statement, Becky? They said, thank you for choosing Nikon for your photographic needs. Users of the Z9 mirrorless cameras have informed us that there are cases in which the lens release button on their Z9 cameras when pressed does not function as it should and does not allow for rotation or and removal of a lens or mount adapter from the camera. Quite an important thing there. Based on our investigation into the matter, we have discovered that parts that do not meet our quality standards were used on some Z9 cameras. We've identified a range of cameras that may contain those parts and will address the issue as follows. Nikon will inspect affected cameras and replace parts as needed at no cost to the customer, including the cost of shipping affected Z9 cameras to Nikon, as well as their return to customers, even if the warranty has expired. Please direct inquiries regarding this issue to your nearest Nikon service centre. We sincerely apologise for any inconvenience this issue may cause. Now, they have given, and we will include a link in the description box for you, but you can find it on any of Nikon's websites. They have included a place where you can check your serial number. We've already identified several Z9s ourselves that have been affected by the issue. Now, the, the good news is that as far as we understand it from speaking to Nikon representatives, even if your camera falls into that serial number batch, it doesn't mean that your camera is going to have an issue for sure. It's more of a precautionary thing because they know what parts were used in a particular batch of cameras. So first things first, if you're an owner of a Z9, please do check if your camera is one of the ones affected. If it is, you can register directly on the same page to send your Nikon Z9 back. And what Nikon will do is they will open up a queuing system so that you're not without your camera for any length of time. As soon as they're ready to undertake the service that they need to do to replace those parts, they'll contact you, send you your label then, and then you can send your camera to have the parts replaced and swiftly returned to you. So you're not without your Z9 for any longer than necessary. Okay, that's really actually good. The queuing system is good because, yeah, what I've gathered online is, is not the issue that happen to all the cameras and it's not working right now, you can't remove the lens. It seems that it may happen in the future, but your camera may be still working. So from all I gathered online as well is that the small batch has been affected. People who got them early or let's say got the first shipments, everything that I think up to about March is not affected. Anything after March, the small cameras affected there. Why do they call it service announcements and not the recall? From what we gathered is that recall means that something dangerous can happen to the to the camera or something. Let's say the battery can blow up or something like this. Service notice means that it's uh, fixable within repair, but it's not dangerous. So that's the, that's the reason for that. Yes. Now, on top of that, just to bear in mind, we were told that it was cameras shipped on or around and after October. So it may be even later batches than we expect. But it depends on which country you're getting the service advisory from. It, it does depend a little bit on where your sources are getting their information from. What we will say is that if your camera is affected, don't panic. You can continue to use your camera as usual until you get your shipping label from Nikon. But do go and register with them as soon as you can just to make sure you've got your name and place in that queue. If you're a professional, 
professional photographer and you're an NPS member, we would advise you to get in touch with NPS as well because they may arrange a loan for you while your camera is away with Nikon. But there's no point of sending camera straight away. It's worth waiting for Nikon to actually let you know when they're ready for your camera. In the meantime, you can still use it and you can still shoot with it. Exactly that. All right, so I've included a couple of links under this article. So we've got a Nikon notice statement. We also included Z9 serial number checker and also a Nikon rumors article where in the comment section, people generally put their serial number and then they say, my camera is affected, my camera is not. So there is a place where people can just check roughly what serial numbers affect, et cetera, et cetera. You're welcome to do the same under our comment section as well, uh, whichever is easier. Now let's talk about some fun news for a change. Yeah, so this is an interesting little article that came up on Nikon Rumors this in this last week. A reader of Nikon owner bought a 35mm 1.8 ZS lens, probably on the winter instant save, I would imagine, because it's quite a deal at the moment. And they received a warranty card in the box for an 85 1.2S lens. Ooh, and you know what? Another Nikon Rumors reader also got the 3518 lens and also got 85.1.2 card. So it seems like someone didn't get a memo. <laughs> it seems like someone um, who was busy printing the warranty cards might have mixed up which warranty cards were going where. I could kind of understand. I would think it was a typo if I was just looking at it in one instance where maybe they put eight instead of three. We've mm -hmm. all been there. We've all had those days. But the fact that it says 1.2 as well makes me think that this could be our incoming Z-Lens announcement. Yes. I mean, I can just tell you that my uncle at Nikon, his job is not affected. He wasn't doing those warranty cards. He's normally thing. on the rumor section, so he normally works on the future cameras and tell me what they are. Uh, but yeah, it sounds to me that when the first article came out, I thought, well, could be one it's of those, fluke. you know, yeah. flukes things. Now we have two articles. Again, I'm still not 100% sure. Now we have 85.1.2s. We have 35.1.2s. It's kind of, well, Nikon have them on roadmaps. They didn't say explicitly that they will be 1.2 lenses. But, you know, when we discussed that article with the silhouettes of the lenses, it seems like their size of 51.2, et cetera, et cetera. So who knows? I think because 85 was mentioned about a year ago and we thought that it's going to come very soon, it didn't happen. So maybe, maybe we will see the announcement early next year. And hopefully some of us who love portrait photography will place a pre-order for that one. Okay, from one weird news to some other weird news, Nikon apparently re-announced the 40mm special edition. The press release came out on 14th of December, which is very strange because they did announce it together with the Black ZFC. So really strange, the press release came out at Nikon Japan and Nikon USA. Obviously, in UK, we had a press release at the same time as Black ZFC. Uh, nothing to say here. It's just a strange thing. Maybe, again, someone didn't get a memo or messed up their scheduling. It's slacking off. <laughs> Someone's just like, yeah, let's just... Uh... Oh, maybe they forgot to put it up online. Who knows? Maybe they forgot to actually put the article online when the announcement happened. And that's why we're only seeing it now. It's, it that's is right. slightly bizarre. If you use Facebook scheduling or Buffer or whatever, you know, just check the months <laughs> as well as the dates. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, moving on to some slightly less weird news. We have Nikon having released the NX Mobile Air version 1.1.0. This is a smartphone application that uploads images taken with Nikon digital cameras to an FTP server without using a computer. Very, very handy if you're a pro on the sidelines, particularly if you were on that Argentina-France game and needed to get those shots straight to your press office via an FTP site. Oh, yeah, what a game it was, huh? Everyone thought it was going to be easy, and then 15 minutes before the end of the game, we got pretty much two goals in about, what, three minutes or so? It was actually, yeah, two and a half minutes, I believe. <laughs> so if you're one of those photographers, lucky, lucky you, then NX Mobile Air is probably quite a handy tool to have around. Now, as part of this update, functions such as image filtering have been added or modified to improve speed and efficiency of workflows. They've got an algorithm that uses deep learning to analyze images when importing. That's been added to this version, which allows users to filter images using certain criteria, which is quite handy. In addition to JPEG compression ratio and pixel counts, you can now, which can now can be adjusted when uploading to the FTP server for file and image sizes, you can then achieve faster uploads to improve workflow from shooting to delivery. There's support for raw images and other changes include additions to the settings of custom IPTC metadata presets. Ooh, that's useful. Yeah. Oddly, in this case, Android supports more cameras than Apple iOS does, but Android supports all the Zs, the D60, 5D850, and D780, while uh, iOS supports the Z9, Z72, Z62, and the D6. Yeah, I wish they would improve the iOS support, but fingers crossed, hopefully that will happen soon. Now, to some other news. So there's an interesting preset that was released. It's called New Version of Nikon CCD Color Mode 3A and 1A preset released. So those are presets that basically make your images from your CMOS Nikon camera. So it's basically everything that was produced after D200 effectively. It will make those images look more like D200 images that had CCD sensor. Now, those presets were designed for NX Studio and Capture NXD, and they were updated to version 2. Very interesting. We all love to get particular colors, and we all love particular looks. So some of you who love the look of your old digital Nikons, that would be the way to do that. Obviously, it's not supported by Lightroom or Capture One Pro, but if you do use Nikon native software, you can install those presets if you wish. That's so interesting. I quite like the fact that they've done this. It's an odd move. I don't know why someone took the time to do that, but I'm quite glad they did. If you are a Nikon software user, let us know in the comments. We'd love to know if you would use this feature because we've talked about it many times in the past on our live streams and on other podcasts about the kind of magic of the older CCD sensor and the, the colors that they produce. I'd be fascinated to know if any of our viewers will actually utilize this update. The search for perfect color continues. And now, if you're a Nikon user and you use macOS Ventura operating system, Nikon updated their software compatibility list. It just recently been updated. So if you want to make sure that software that you use is compatible with your operating system, do click in the link below. Cool. Moving on, last week we actually covered quite a little bit about Nikon's lawsuit with RED. This is related, although not. No, it's not directly related, but it's to do with the patents. And another company, which is called Digimedia Tech, it sued Nikon some time ago for some patent that they've uh, patented. So apparently the judge decided 
no, no, and dismiss the whole case. So basically, what they tried to do, they patented a patent which was called Micro Miniature Zoom System for Digital Camera. And another patent was called System Method, an article of manufacturer for tracking ahead of a camera-generated image of a person. Now, two Nikon cameras were affected by those patents. is Nikon Coolpix A1000 and Coolpix P900. So DigiMedia's patent claims were thrown out earlier this year, but we now finally got the whole verdict published in a legal speak. So if you're into that, then you can definitely hit the link in the comments below and uh, read the whole 100 pages of that. Good luck to you. Now, moving on to some Nikon Corporation news. Nikon have announced that its subsidiaries, which provide products for the services to B2B, which is business to business, business in China will merge and be renamed Nikon Precision Shanghai Company Limited. All right, so the merger will happen on January 2023 and effectively Nikon Precision Shanghai will merge with Nikon Instruments and they will just call it Nikon Precision Shanghai. That's all it is. So it's going to be a merger. They will stay in the same building. Instead of two companies, we're going to have one. That's all it is. Now, on some other corporate news, you will remember last year and possibly even the year before... <laughs> <laughs> because we've been In doing section, it that long. The things we don't understand. That's right, but we talk about anyway. Nikon have been selected for the Global ESG Index, Dow Jones Sustainability Indices, DJSI World, and DJSI Asia Pacific for the fifth consecutive year. This is essentially a sustainability survey and award that is given to certain companies who essentially contribute to the sustainable development of society based on their corporation. And Nikon have qualified for this prestigious accolade for the fifth year running. That's about all you need to know. Yeah, sustainable sustainability, as I say. <laughs> exactly. Now, for those that we haven't lost already with the last little piece of news, Nikon have also been selected for the highest rank A-list by CDP's climate change questionnaire for the fourth consecutive year, which recognises it as one of the highest performing companies in its efforts against climate change and its disclosure. So well done, Nikon, for being super sustainable. That's true. If you want to learn more about this, just read that link below and then you, maybe you can tell us what that means. <laughs> Should we move on to some third-party news, do you think? For things we can actually talk about. I think it's a good idea. All right, so first one up is Pergear announced a new 14mm f2.8 ultra-wide-angle manual focus full-frame lens for Nikon Z mount. So the key features there is it's a big lens. Well, big, what I mean is in elements and groups. It's got 13 elements in nine groups. Two of them are spherical and five ultra-high reflective index glass. Three extra low dispersion elements, which is very nice. You've got 10 diaphragm blades, which probably will give you really nice sunstars effect. Click capture, which is always useful. Weighs half kilo and costs only 225 pounds. So reasonably priced, manual focus, ultra wide angle lens in the absence of Nikon Prime 14mm lens. That could be a solution, a temporary one. Yeah. In fact, I think one of our viewers has recently purchased one and offered it to us on a loan. So maybe we'll be trying one before too long. Ah, mm. that's an interesting twist. Okay. 
Now, Irix have released a new version of their 150T3 macro one-to-one cine lens for the Nikon Z mount. So this is just another cine lens dedicated to the Nikon Z mount that's out there in the big wide world. It's not a small lens. It's 1.2 kilos and it is priced at $1,195, which is pretty reasonable for a cine lens of this size. All right. Well, the next news is quite interesting. Venice Optics announced a new Laova Magic Shift converter. It's available in Canon EF and also Nikon F as well as Nikon Z mount. It's got plus and minus 10 millimeter shift capability, which is quite cool, but it also has an optical element inside that adapter, which basically increases the image circle that lens produces, and that allows for basically a shift of 10 millimeter. So it's a shift adapter with an element inside, is that correct? Yeah, so effectively it increases the image by 1.4, so it's almost like a teleconverter. Right. But effectively what it does, it increases the image circle that the lens produces, therefore allowing for those shift movements. How exciting, worth experimenting with. For example, they say 20 millimeter f2.8, actually, once you put it on this converter, it actually gives you 17 millimeter f4 instead of 2.8 shift lens. Yeah, so it's 320 dollars. It's uh, reasonably priced if you need those features. As we said in the past, we would love to have native Nikon tilt and shift lenses, but even if the third party comes in tilt and shift combined together, we would love that as well. We would. We would indeed. We love adapting lenses and trying new things. Indeed. All right, let's move on to reviews. The first one up here, Matt Irvin, with his video on his thoughts on Nikon Z9 after one year. Yeah, it's nice to see these professional and working photographers who use these cameras day in, day out and kind of get their feel after the honeymoon period is over to see really what they think about using tools like this on a day-to-day -day basis. So well worth a watch. That's true. That's why I just change equipment almost every month because I would love to stay in the honeymoon forever. You know what we should do as well? We should record a video which is called uh, Is Nikon Z9 Still Worth It in 2022? <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could happily record one that is Is the Nikon Z6 still worth it in 2022? Because that is my camera that I use all the time and uh, I think I would have something to say about it. Yeah, I have a prediction for next year for you. I think next year you will upgrade your Z6 to something else. <laughs> it depends what comes out. I quite like that prediction because I'm sure I know what I want to come out, but whether or not it will materialize is another matter. If it does, then yes, I'll definitely be upgrading. We'll see. That's true. And this also gives me a room of 365 days, which is pretty large room, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So moving on, we have the Z400 2.8 TCVRS field test by Photography Life. They've put the 400 mil through its paces and written one of their rather excellent reviews on the lens. Now, they start off by saying, with this lens, Nikon have taken another big step into the pro segment of the mirrorless market. Is it better than the immediate predecessor? To be honest, in the real world, we'd probably look for differences with a microscope. That's how close it is. Only with teleconverters will you see any real big differences. And that's more a statement on the F-mount teleconverters than the lens itself. This is probably the best lens I've ever used in the field and it sets new standards in almost every way. The only complaint is the tripod foot is slightly short and not Arca Swiss compatible. Have to squeeze that in every single time, of course. <laughs> I mean, in their defense, they're not only saying this about Nikon, but they also say this about Canon Sony. Yeah. So hopefully, I think one of them make a change and then everyone else will follow. Fingers crossed it could be Nikon, you never know. But 
it's an interesting statement about Nikon F teleconverters versus Nikon Z teleconverters. And I do agree with that statement. I do find that Nikon Z teleconverters are superior compared to the F mount versions. Excellent. Now, from £13,500 lenses to under £1,000 lenses, we have the Tamron 70 to 300, 4.5 to 6.3 Z lens review. It's by Petapixel and it's entitled Telephoto for Travelers. They say affordable, but not cheap. The Tamron 70 to 300 lens might be an affordable travel friendly lens, but also doubles as a decent portrait and walkabout zoom. But affordable in this case doesn't mean cheap. Yes, the lens is on the budget friendly side. And yes, there are some issues with edge sharpness and vignetting on the maximum zoom lengths, but the lens itself is well made and operates as such. But you know who else reviewed this lens a part of Petapixels? It was yours truly. That's right. If you ever want to see beautiful duckies flying around to check out our review of that lens. We went to one of those beautiful National Trust properties that we tend to lurk about in our spare time and uh, put it through its paces and drew our own conclusions. So do go and check that out if you have a few minutes to spare this weekend. What's on our shooting list? As a lot of you asked us to compare it to the F-mount version of Nikon 7300, we're definitely planning to do this next year. So we'll update you with a comparison as soon as we have it. Now, Petapixel also reviewed another third-party lens for Nikon Z mount, and it's a Mayer Optic 35mm f2.8 trial plan Mark II, and they call it Bokeh's front and center. Yes, they say a unique character lens done well. So the author of the article said, this is much more of a Swiss army lens than others in my optics catalog. You can use it up close for that unique bokeh at portrait distances for its pleasant rendering or the furthest distances stopped down for landscape work. It's less of a specialist lens and more of a generalist lens, but still with plenty of the singular charm that has to define the Meyer Optic brand. It's uh, one of the things that we mentioned in the past, we do like character lenses. It's always nice to have the clinical sharpness in all the latest technologies implemented in the best glass in the world, which is Nikon. But it's also nice to have fun lenses. They don't need to be cheap, but they should produce a special character that you may love or hate. And if you do love it, this lens it will be worth for you. So I like that companies like Voigtlander and Mayer Optic and bunch of other Chinese manufacturers as well release lenses like this. I do enjoy those. Me too. All right, and that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us this week. Yes, thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe if you're on YouTube, a follow, a rating, perhaps even a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Did you know that we are available in Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify Unlimited? But also, if you do use your favorite podcast platform, we are probably also there. Nice, isn't it? <laughs> if in you it. like in it. If you'd like to find us on the internet, you can currently find us on Instagram. I'm at Rebecca underscore Danese. I'm a constant coach and the shop is at Nikon and Grace. We will see you soon. Bye bye. We will see you next year, you should say. Oh yeah. We will see you next year. But do stay tuned because we'll have a bunch of videos coming out in the meantime. And do join us for the live stream this Friday. All being bye well. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, good. Bye.